G'day, everybody, and welcome back to the Hardball Gets AFL Show. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Mazda BT50. You do ute. Today on the show, it's the six points going into round 11. If you haven't subscribed, wherever you listen to your podcast, please do that. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and tell your mates. All right, let's get stuck in. The Hardball Gets AFL Show. My name is Nick Rin, joined by Chris Robinson and today Jackson Barrett, who stole my spot again. Hey guys. Gets in early, takes a stand up desk. I tell you what, this time last week, or maybe it was the week before, we started on a really bad note because Jacko was bagging out Xavier's radio station and said said I listened to a rival radio station. And now we started on another. Poor note with Jacko just taking uh, Rinny's normal stand-up desk spot just over there. Just in. Am I right in saying that of the three of us, I'm the only one without a stand-up desk at my actual desk? Yeah, that's correct. That's so correct. I feel like an hour... An hour on your feet. Get the legs moving. You can take a load off. It's all right. I'm not sleeping a lot at the moment, so I am actually happy to sit down. This is uh, is very handy. If you me. fall asleep halfway through, it'll be easier. Just carry on without me if I do. So this is leading into round 11, second week of Sir Doug Nichols' round. Mm-hmm. Sir Doug Nichols' rounds. Rounds, yep. Uh, yep. Rounds. Rounds. Uh, fair bit of cracking around. Um, let's just get stuck right into it today because um, there's been a big report coming out in the West Australian uh, exclusive by Glenn Quartermain about a split in the West Coast Eagles board. Um, one party plugging for Trevor Nisbet to wind up, the other plugging for Adam Simpson. Is that about correct? That's about correct, yeah. Right. Yep. Well, Jacko, you got that as your first of your six points, mate. So let's uh, get stuck in. Yeah, so a bit of a look at the Eagles and couldn't help thinking, obviously, an absolute disaster on Sunday. But you look at a few of those blokes and you just go... You're not there next year. You're not there next year. What can they get for you? So going through the, the 26 from last week, there's the, the I've split these guys into categories, right? There's the category of guys that are going to be there for a little while because they're teenagers and some of them great. We love Ruben Jimby. We think um, there might be something in Campbell Chesser, probably something in Noah Long. Then there's the guys that... I'm still a wait and see on Campbell Chesser. He hasn't, I know he hasn't had a run at it yet, but when he has, and he hasn't had a lot of prep, prep going into it. He yeah, it's been a slow start. That's fair. Yeah, and wait it's and not see one you on, can bank on just yet. Wait and see on, on Brady Hoff, but more to the point, they're going to get time. They'll be there mm-hmm. for a couple of years. But if you look at the guys that are known quantities, the Eagles know what they're going to get out of them and will keep... I reckon there's six or there's only six or seven out of the the twenty six. So Oscar Allen is a tick. He's there long term. Um, Tim Kelly's a tick. Jake Waterman is probably a tick. Um, Jaden Hunt is one of only three of their players that are rated above average or elite in their own category. Three out of a whole yeah, squad. Yeah, he's been pretty, pretty good. good. Um, <laughs> Liam Duggan, we love. Jermaine Jones has found a great new role. Dom Sheed, I've got a bit of an asterisk on. I think they probably hold on to him, but hasn't set the world alight this season. Hold on. How old's Dom? Late 20s. 27, 28? He's right in his prime. Should be, yeah. And then he's okay. Obviously, the guys that they'll be looking at. Just ending careers. Stealing chairs. Stealing chairs and taking names. Um, of the guys that they're, a value, they're sort of value on the head, really, it's only Andrew Gaff that played. And then the rest of them are just like, what is your role? What are you doing? 20, oh, it's 28. Are you there next year? So just sort of wanted to get your take on who's a lock, like who's there next year. And of that 26, could it be as little as six, seven, eight guys that are actually there next year? Is that how dire it is? That's, that jumps out to me as way too dire, that number. 
Okay. You're saying, you're saying six of those 26 guys. Closer to nine. Yeah. But but are you counting the kids in that, though? No. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Not so, the, so the kids are So long. the group so of kids was like six I've got or seven? Hoff, Chesser, Jimby, Long, and Barnett that were in the 26 and will get their time. Was Barnett in the 26? Yeah, it was mm. late in for Brass. Right, oh. Uh, this is probably the, the one thing that they're going to come across is the fact that you just can't turn over that many people yep. um, sustainably. Like there's not you can't there's not that many good kids coming through that you can add to your list to replace them. But they're probably looking at having to make like ten list changes, right? Yeah, or at the very least, like it'll be yep. 10, 10 to fifteen. I'm trying to think of what some of the bigger cuts have been recently, but it'd have to be in that same. I think bracket. they might have been twelve last year. They yeah, turned it was, over it 12? It was a significant number. It was 10 or 12 or something yeah. last year. It would have to be something close to that again. Um, the only problem is, yeah, where you find that talent to replace it, even if you're getting young guys. You know, what are the, the AFL National Drafts been going to, like, pick 60, is they 60, 70 kids max getting picked up yep. um, every year. So, And that's between 18 clubs. So finding enough people that you can actually bank on or, or have the faith into that are going to come around um, is going to be their main problem there in terms of turning them over. But there's certainly... Um, if they can get a couple of guys off their, off their list for future picks. But, again, there's not a lot of currency there either. Like, it's going to have to be cuts rather than trades, right? What about guys that are a little bit 50-50? So, like, a Luke Foley, they've slid up onto a wing. What are they going to yeah. get out of him? Harry Edwards, like, even 12 months ago, we probably thought, yeah, good young player, key position. He's had injuries this year, right? Yeah, yeah, he's only played the past two, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was an ankle and, and maybe a wrist in there as well. And I then think there's they like, give him time. There's like True, O'Neill, Winder, who are those guys? Some of those probably... guys have already been delisted and put on a rookie list. Yeah, you think true. you're going to be in trouble, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You say True's in True, True False, or like Zane True? Zane, yeah. True, true. true lies. What about um, the two more mature ones? So Greg Clark and Connor West. Yeah, they're probably ones that were in a little bit of trouble. Um, unless you just want to keep them on there as the backups while you're getting the kids through. Because realistically, in any other club, a lot of these kids would be playing waffle footy and yep. like you want to earn like or at least have a couple of cracks. Of course, cracks yeah. So it has a massive flow-on effect. Not the Jimby types because they're the guys you want to get in immediately, but the type under that who you yep. want to develop a little bit before Chesser, exposing Hoff, them. Bazo, yeah, I mean, although I like Hoff, I, Hoff. Hoff made a pretty early impression. I, I like Hoff, even yep. though I think he slid back a little bit this mm. year. Um, but you want them to be running through the waffle, so you kind of need a couple of those guys to just plug in if you need them at the senior level. And again, they're not, I don't think they're taking the spot of a kid because there's only so many kids you can put through there in one go. Um, I'm just sorry, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens at the other end in terms of the, the experienced guys and whether West Coast try and offload them elsewhere because this is something we're sort of talking about this with my mates the other day. This is something that West Coast has never done mm. really so you look at other clubs obviously we know Hawthorne after their sort of premiership era just about everybody walked out the door and yep. went somewhere else Mitchell Lewis Hodge Birchall um, heaps of those guys went and then North Melbourne have kind of done something similar by wrapping up some of those guys Drew Petrie came over here whereas with West Coast they've never done that so looking at their list of 25 most cat players there's only one who's gone somewhere else, which is Ben Cousins, which is obviously an asterisk. You have to go all the way down to Quinton Lynch for someone who was, Quinton you know, Collingwood, yeah. an eagle, effectively an eagle for life, and then yep. finished somewhere else. So they don't traditionally do that. Um, but will they be forced to do that, or will they have an inkling to do that with the likes of Gaff and Darling and, and Shuey and these guys? Just to wrap up West Coast, I just want to touch a little bit on um, the 
the back and forth last night. So we're recording this on if I knew what day Thursday it was. Thursday late morning. Recording this Thursday morning. Uh, so last night, um, Rhino obviously goes at Seven News reports that Adam Simpson's going to be uh, like offered three months leave at the end of the, the season end of the year, yep. to, to re- sort of recharge um, and come back for the uh, the the long grind ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other reports on Channel 9 and in the Herald Sun. Also, the Herald Sun has a, a statement from a club spokesman confirming that he'll be offered the leave. About an hour later, there's a, another statement from them saying it's all fake. So From West Coast, yeah. From West Coast. Yep. So this just gives you a little bit of indication of what's going on there in the terms of the right hand not talking to the left. So we know the, inf- the information came from... Uh, Obviously, a source at the club because it's coming. It's independently reported by three different outlets. One of them, where it has an actual club spokesman attached mm-hmm. to a statement, um, and then the club itself comes out and denies something which they've confirmed you know, only hours later. So that gives you a bit of an indication of the mess they're in, um, both on and off the field, or the fact that it's not restricted to on the field either. Uh, off our into so we got the mid-season draft. Speaking of drafts and getting the mm-hmm. kids through, mid-season draft coming up next week. Um, and I wanted to run it past you uh, or, or have a discussion about what kind of players are the best ones to target in this draft, whether you use it as trying to get someone in to help bolster your list in um, areas you're deficient in or whether you're just stockpiling kids. Some of the most successful ones I've thought of over the last few years, so the, the sort of three outlier or three like top of the top of the tree here, are John Noble at Collingwood, clearly, yep. um, John Newcomb at Hawthorne, and Marlon Pickett. So John Newcomb was, uh, I think he was only 19, so he was undrafted and then went nuts for, their box, for Box Hill um, and Hawthorne picked him up from there. John Noble and Marlon Pickett were a bit older when they got on the list mm-hmm. um, and filled a need at the time and have both been able to go on with it. Marlon Pickett, of course, playing in premierships. Um, John Noble en route to a premiership, it would appear so. Um, and John Newcomb, a really important part of that list. So... A lot of them are mids and role players, and I think that's what we've seen come through the mid-season draft more often than not. I can't remember. I think it's Jason Edwards, uh, who North Melbourne picked yeah, the early. Ruck. The ruck yeah. forward. Have we even seen any of him? Was he number one? He was the first. Yeah, I think yeah. He, was well, the first he was number yeah. one of number one. Yeah. Um, well, we've barely seen him. Um, and the rucks who go through there, I think, are recycled pretty quickly. Although Bryn Tickle at Port Adelaide's getting a bit of a crack this year. Yeah. So most of the ones in line or being discussed as the higher chances this year seem to be forwards and rucks. So there's Ryan Marich, the 193-centimetre forward from Victoria. Uh, Robert Hanson Jr., small forward from over here. You probably saw a bit of him last yeah, year. Yeah, playing for Subi, bit of Colt stuff, and then playing league for Subi. I've seen him this year as well. Um, Jack Buller. Jack Buller from Claremont, um, key forward. And then so Clay Tucker's a ruck from Victoria. Sam Naismith, a 30-year-old ruck, um, which shows that there, there probably are a couple of clubs hoping to fill... Uh, a need, and normally that need comes in the ruck too. So if you can get someone yep. in to help chop you out for a little bit, mm. um, it might be worth the dip. But I, what do you see as the best way to attack this? I think it just depends where you're at. So I think for West Coast, the move last year was Jai Cully, pick one. He was the it was like a best available Next best approach, available. right? So yep. I think there's there's just very much two different ways to go about it. I think West Coast did it the right way. Uh, I think probably at the time North did it the right way. They're a side uh, over the last half a decade haven't had a lot of rucks. They probably felt like they needed a bit of cover there. Um, I I really love Jack Buller. Like, I've watched a lot of Claremont this year. Takes big marks, moves really well. Um, his goal kicking is sort of been the knock but he's but he's coming along so i'd love to see west coast give him a crack and my thing is sort of like if there's 
10 or 12 or however many games to go this season, would you rather Jack Darling or Jack Buller? Um, and obviously, you net, like I'm all for experienced players giving a contest down the line and that sort of thing, but Darling hadn't really done that. So I think uh, I'd love for someone, and particularly the Eagles, to have a look at like a Buller because he's gone undrafted, but he's still only 20. I think 21? Buller might be 21. So a little bit older, but for a key forward, like mm. still plenty of time. It's not a bad time to get a key forward, a yeah. young key forward, right? With a bit like two, three years of league mm-hmm. experience as well, played in a league grand final. So I think it's very much just like where are you at the time. Collingwood's had a lot of success because Ash Johnson was mid-year as well. So Ash Johnson was mid-year. Between so him and well. Noble, there's two guys that have come in a little bit more mature and have come in at a list that was like building towards or yeah. they felt was building and towards the top And now they're important end. parts of a contender yep. slash premiership favourite. But I think that's no less a success story than, than Jai Cully might mm-hmm. end up being at West Coast. Yep. So I wanted to have a look. So we're 10 rounds in, which is a big enough sample size for what we're dealing with here. I had a bit of a look back at the ladder leaders after round 10 and what they've ended up doing in any specific season. So that's obviously Collingwood now. They've got uh, North and West Coast over the next two weeks. Is that right for Collingwood? So they're clearly going to stay there for at least the immediate future. So going back over the most recent seasons and the team that led after round 10. So this time last year, Melbourne were 10-0, were leading. Ended up losing, didn't even make it to the prelim, ended up losing the semifinal. Year before that, Bulldogs lost the grand final. 2020 Port. Went on to lose the prelim. 2019 was Geelong. Went on to lose the prelim. 2018 was West Coast, who did go on to win it all. And then 17 was Adelaide, who lost the grand final. 16 was North, if you can believe that. We're leading after 10 rounds. Barely scraped into the finals and lost in the they? first week. They were leading after 10 rounds I have no memory of this. Yeah, they just jumped everybody at the start. Okay. This was like the last year of their Harvey Petrie old guy. Random prelim. I yeah. can't remember who the other yeah, club yeah. was, but I think I remember two sides being 9 and 10 zip and then playing each other. Mm, potentially. Was that that year? But this was still, like in 2015, North, North made a prelim in 2015. Yeah. North yeah. were up against West Coast here in the yeah. prelim in 2015 before West Coast turned it around. So they were still all right in 2016. Um, Frio, obviously, in 2015, uh, jumped the field and then went on to lose the prelim. And Port Adelaide in 2014 lost the prelim. So out of the past, what's that? Out of the past nine seasons, only one club who's been leading after 10 rounds has won the flag and only two more have even made the grand final. So six of the nine clubs who have led at this stage in the past nine seasons haven't even made the GF. Are you? If you had to have a choice right now, are you taking pies or are you taking the field for premiers? I'll take the field. Jacko? Uh, oh, I mean, it's hard to sit here and say that, um, or, or stand here, and say that <laughs> oh, just, that's yeah, just don't too scared. soon to yeah. make that joke. <laughs> it's, too just, soon. it's hard to, to come on here and say that Collingwood aren't going to win the premiership, but they're pretty good numbers, so I'm, I'm probably taking the field as much as I like Collingwood. Well, yeah, you get a what? Oh, I'm not going to say that. 17, because it's 17 to 1 bet, because uh, yeah. there's probably a fair few we can well, take to off. put it into context, Colling was paying, I think, like 350 for the flag. So the inverse of that in a two-horse race is, what, a $1.30 something in that range? So it, it, the field is clearly favourite there. But it's, it's interesting to think that, yeah, recent history shows that it's not the club that does it in the first half of the season and then just goes on to street everybody. It's more a club that shows the form in the second half of the season. That might well be Collingwood as well. Yeah, um, They haven't played North Melbourne, Hawthorne or West Coast yet, have yeah. they? Uh, I think or maybe they've they played one Hawthorne. of them. Yeah. yeah okay. The draw's nice, and then the history of winning close ones and winning big ones helps as well. does, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they don't have any big deficiencies, do they? No, no, not at all. Um, and while, while we're on Collingwood, might as well jump into my back into yeah, my point. Right. We've got a, an easy bridge here, which is still side bottom coming up to game 300 this weekend. I shared on Twitter this week some of his, uh, his Tac Cup highlights. I don't know why that remains like such a clear memory for me across footy, but his 10 goals it's in pretty, the Tac Cup grand big, final. Pretty big grand uh, yeah, final and it was, it was I think it was live on Fox Footy before a different game and... Oh yeah, we must have been very invested in the draft back then. I think um, for our wish it so had a bit probably more, had, had a bit more time on your hands ten years ago. Did have well. a bit more time on my hands ten years kids. ago as well. Yeah. I think we we're also uh, strangely invested in Tom Lee getting drafted that year, which he did at the back end too. Yeah. So Bush it was a bit Burbs going on. Tom Lee, Mate, he's, he's didn't quite go as well as Steel Sidebottom career wise, but <laughs> no, not still quite. Still did some. Uh, so three hundred games. He was pick eleven that year after the ten goals in the grand final. He's the fourth uh, Magpie in history to play three hundred games, which surprised That's me. staggering. There's mm. actually a lot more, and there's probably some another tangent to go into here, which we won't go too deep into, but a lot more 300 games probably since the turn of the century than there were before. Um, oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah the, the longevity yeah. of players, um, or the fact that there's only one league as well, helps. Um, modern sports science. Modern sports probably science. There's a fair bit in it. Um, and the ones are, the, you know, some, oh, I was about to bring up someone who might have played 400 games across uh, all of Australian rules, but it doesn't count. But we're not going to talk about him uh, because he's got some other stuff going on in his life. Uh, um, but uh, he's played, so he's coming up to 300 games. Um, he, it, was, it was a strange, like, AFL issued a congratulatory uh, press release yeah. and not there's an article on the that. website, which is, yeah, I don't remember Does not everybody get too that? many of those. I don't, I don't think, think so. they do at hmm. 300 games. Okay. It was a very good um, release, and it had lots of good stats and everything in it. But I thought it was a little bit strange. But. Yeah, but he's but Steele's steel has been an incredible player. But in terms of the category of three hundred game all time greats, he's towards the lower end of yeah, that. Yeah, but the thing about Steele Sidebottom is he's been so consistent his yeah. entire career that you probably yep. take him for granted yep, a little. Totally. Apart from twenty eighteen, where he was especially through the finals, mm-hmm. um, if you didn't he look was after Steele Sidebottom, yeah, yep. you were in a bit of trouble, and yep. that was. That was obviously his career year. He won the Gary Ayres Medal as player of the finals, which is a very underrated medal, I think, overall. Yeah. I like the Gary Ayres Medal. It's a very strange medal. Well, you just like, you get your votes through the finals. You were the best player I know. In the I, I love it, and I love the concept of it, but it's also really dependent on how many Getting games you play. So it rewards the clubs that don't go straight through. They've changed that now where it's, I think, the grand for you get double votes double in the grand votes, final, yeah. if there you reach the grand final. Um, uh, but yeah, there's some quirks with it. Also but, won a best of fairest in All-Australian that year and was runner-up in the Brownlow. Yeah, and, um, and was and was almost in a premiership side, right? Was so close yeah, to yeah, being couple goals. the best player that season for one a premiership goal. What was the actual margin in that game? Five points, Five I think. Points. It was yeah. one goal. It's pretty, and I guess this comes naturally with 300 gamers, but it's pretty staggering how he's like, how many eras he's traversed at Collingwood. Yeah, Because you think right. he's like, he's like rack, rat pack, like 09, mm. 2010 flag, into the down years, into 2018. And now him and Pendlebury are like still key pillars of this like yeah. young, fresh group. Well, like, Nathan right. Buckley was still playing. Yeah. I think he would have had two crossover seasons possibly with Bucks. Yeah, he so. would have too. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been there for a while. And from all intensive, from all reports, I should say, one of the great club men, one of the most popular figures um, around the club as well, which is an underrated aspect so of just longevity. Just lean into this. I want you to – here's a 2008 draft. I went back to try and mm. see what was happening in it, and it was very good, very deep. I wanted you to pick your three best out of this crop. Yeah, go. So Natanui, Stephen Hill – 
Michael Hurley, Daniel Rich, Jack Zebel, Phil Davis, uh, Steel Sidebottom, Luke Shuey, Dane Beams, Dan Hanabry, Luke Shields, Liam Shields. What is it, Luke Shields? Liam Shields, Sloan, uh, Michael Walters, Hayden Ballantyne. So give me your best three out of that crop. There are some blokes. That would have been a good draft if not for some blokes crippled by injury in there. There's yeah, so some um, of the misses. This is a question yeah. of whether you take them on like talent. Like a Stephen Hill? Pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nut. But you can uh, even say the same about Hanabry because Hanabry yep. is one of those names that I just wrote down, and I think you can make a real good case for him being in that three. Yeah, because my, you kind of forget how good he was until the past few years mm-hmm. of his career, where it's just got him. And Michael Hurley, top line defender, had a little bit to show as a forward when they threw him there, but hey, he also loses about three, four seasons there of, in the Essendon mess. Mm. Um, not for three or four seasons of playing. Three or four seasons of being able to play at top level and in a decent side, and a decent and, side. Yeah. So, so what are we talking? Whose career? Who would three. you want Who across you? a career? Yeah. If you were to go back in time and let's say you wanted to compete in the next three or four years, and you could get three of those people in your side, who would you who would you have got? Well, the three I jotted down um, without looking at the list that I've just got here is Hanbury, Sidebottom, and Nat Nui. So I think Nat Nui needs to be in that three as a ruckman who. All Australian births speak for themselves. When he's yep. been healthy and fit, he's been a game changer. Yep. Um, side bottom purely for that consistency and longevity and everything he brings there. And, and yeah, I think Hanabry can make a case for as the best. His best was the best yeah. mids out you, of that. You can pick any of them and then you get peak them. Yeah. Say that. yeah. I've got side bottom and Nick Nat and then the third one's a little bit open. I mean, longevity like Daniel Rich. You can make um, a case for if Rich. If Daniel Rich snags a premiership late in his career, then that case probably strengthens. So he's up there. Michael Walters has had a damn good career after a, a slow start as well. So some decent names. Who are you taking, Nick? Yeah, well, so I think I put Natanui in there as well as the ruck. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably put Dane Beams in there. Like Pete Dane Beams, I think, was just mm. about the yep. best of that mob. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Unfortunately, yep. we really didn't see it. For too long, but and those Brisbane years were unreal. Brisbane were no good at the time, um, but he was doing absolutely doing some everything heavy lifting, there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the third one's a little bit open for me, um, but I'll probably, well, if I was to just put a nuffy hat on, I'd definitely go Stephen Hill because I love pl- uh, watching Stephen Hill play footy. But probably over the peak of it, oh, yeah, I don't peak know. Peak Stephen Hill was damn good. Peak Stephen Hill was damn good. Probably, but it's probably Hanbury too. Yeah, mm. it's yeah. probably Hanbury Beams Natanui. Um, so but no steal. No, I think I, I think peak steel side bottom probably is a level below those guys, but in terms yep. of longevity, longevity and consistency, um, he obviously like is in the top of the top rungs. The Collingwood did very well out of that draft for their premiership, by the way, because the side bottom and beams, and then Lee Brown um, in the latter stages in as a rookie who helped mm. sort of change things yeah. for him. Totally. Um, so I want to have a look at. Carlton's midfield they're obviously under the pump and um, I mean it's its almost been washed away a little bit in this massive news week but for the president to be doorstopped outside the club and have to back the coach there's a bit going on there they've, they've been bailed out a little bit by they this have news been. week yeah. haven't yeah, they yeah yeah it's been a decent news they've I been mean, bailed out this I'm, week I'm pretty fresh to the industry but I don't remember too many news weeks like this um so Mark Pitnett has signed a four-year deal, which uh, yeah, which I've got to say blew me blew me away. And I know that long-term deals are a long-term gripe on this show. Um, <laughs> Xavier Ellis, yeah, if you're listening, yeah. shout out if you're listening. Four years. Xavier getting a brain scan today for his other job. Yeah, and it'll just show all the fury 
bailed up in there about Clayton yeah, Oliver's long-term yeah. deal. and Yeah. It's just going to be little pockets of red. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's very frenzied. Was there a fresh long-term deal announced this <laughs> yeah. week? It's like, oh. <laughs> so, Pitnet, I think it was Zave was saying on here, like, um, 10, 15 years ago, like, only Brownlow medalists got four-year deals. And Mark Pitnett uh, is not that. He's, He's a not. battler at his second club. Probably, I think, Carlos Kane, you probably could have got um, two with... Uh, an option. An option. Yeah. That would be more responsible. Um, but what it does is sort of locks them into this like lumbering number one rock who can't really play anywhere else. And then it opens the door to what do they do with Tom DeConing? And then what does the rest of the midfield look like? Because um, contested ball stuff for them is actually in order. They're, they're ranked one mm-hmm. um, for contested ball differential this season. But I just feel like they're lacking a spark in there. And you look to the twos for that. Paddy Dow's in there averaging 30. He's a little bit quicker. They've got problems in transition, but they're not picking Zach Fisher. And I just sort of want to pose, like, how do they fix this, right? Because like, this is a this is a good midfield um, achieving below expect, well below expectation in a top six side, which they should be. Ed Kerno's not playing; he's been a great servant, yeah, but he's agreed. not playing in a top six side. So, what do they do? Fisher was the one that jumped out at me. Um to say, if you're going to be anything, Zach Fisher needs to be in this team and playing well. Yeah. I think they just need to chuck him in there and find a way to maximise him. I think they need to back him in because yep. you're right. They need that zip. Um, and even in the back half, we saw it just before uh, there were a couple of games, at least one game where Saad and Doherty both weren't there and there was just like couldn't mm-hmm. move the ball. Um, and Fisher kind of gives them that sort of going mid-forward. So I think they definitely need him. Um, yeah, Dow's an interesting one. I hadn't really considered him massively until you brought yeah. him up off air just before. And I was like, oh, that's not a bad little shout. I mean, we'll find out uh, maybe by the time most people listen to this podcast when the team's released this afternoon. But yeah, it's, it's quite damning for Carlton because they are effectively at full strength. They don't have any kind of injury, major injury concerns that they can lean on, unlike their opponents this week in Sydney mm-hmm. who are completely battered. So there's zero excuses this week. But yeah, Fisher is the one that sort of jumped out at me as you need to back this guy yeah. in. And find a way to make it work. I feel like they've got the pieces to the puzzle. They just haven't mm-hmm. found the right combination. Yep. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm suggesting Paddy Dow's a world beater. Like he's, he's had some goes at AFL level and, mm-hmm. and hasn't set the world alight. But I just think, so he was a top 10 draft pick, certainly a yeah. first mm-hmm. rounder. Top five. Even, top five. even higher, yeah. Um, they just need to go, like, let's just see what we've got. His, I think he was the Brayshaw-Cherra draft. So yeah, he'd, he'd be yeah, he 20... Was. 223 now they need to have a look at what they've got and even if it's I mean their season's slipping away so even if it's playing him in the back half of the year and then seeing what sort of value you can get for a, a former top five pick that might be rejuvenated elsewhere I just think they need to do a bit of a stock take in their midfield uh, and see what they've got we know that like Kerno is going to help you win contested ball Cripps is in there Kennedy Hewitt we like but there's just something missing at the moment so they need to have a look at a few things Last point, Dees Frio. Wanted to talk about it, probably arguably the day, uh, the uh, game of the round, really. Um, Frio, pretty decent underdog for this, which surprises me a bit, betting-wise. So Melbourne, we know, have lost Clary and they've lost Lockie Hunter. Could be good news for Taj Woden, the son of a Brownlow medalist. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's probably going to get the call-up for a debut there, which makes me feel old, for one given that Woden won the Brownlow in 2000 and now his kid's playing. Um, is Melbourne is Melbourne really real? So this this time last year was when Frio went there and knocked them off when they were 10-0. It was literally this weekend last year. Yeah. Yeah, Same true. opponent, 
same ground. Freo went there, knocked them off. Yeah, and since then, Melbourne have been 13 and 11 overall. So basically a 50-50 prospect. And now they lose their best midfielder uh, and someone who's important out of the wing. So I give Freo a massive chance here. You guys are both nodding at me because you both love the Dockers. Do you give them? <laughs> are you, are, no, are you putting their name in the tipping spread uh, no, tomorrow's West Australian? I'm tipping Melbourne. Okay, why? Uh, I just don't so think you're a Freo, Freo hater. Yeah, because I hate Freo. Okay. I don't think they're quite. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they're quite there yet at the MCG against Melbourne. I think Melbourne has just got a few too many options. Okay. I think they're just slightly better, which is why I tip them. If I'm, I'm weighing up. I'm weighing up hard whether to back Freo in for this. Yeah, really. I think. So what are they I actually paying right. here? Oh, well, I was just it's trying like to find three, out whether it's like you're three twenty or three forty or something. I was just trying to find out whether you're, this is this the is going to this is going to blend into hardball bets, and I'm going to back three dollars. They're three dollars and six cents. They're paying. It's <laughs> uh, pretty good value. I I'm Melbourne, but giving Fremantle like a red hot chance. So I mm-hmm. tip Melbourne, but that's value. Um, challenger game of the round. I think Adelaide Brisbane. Is the other one producer Michaela, who's a big Adelaide fan, nodding her head. Yeah, well, this wicked last, run. Why don't you tell me they were in Ballarat last week when I was tipping them or <laughs> pumping them up? Look at Ballarat. We've had this wicked run of Sunday afternoon like blockbusters, yeah. and I know it's sort of considered the graveyard spot, but I actually I don't mind I sitting like down a for a Sunday afternoon, afternoon okay. game. We'll wait until West Coast get all those Sunday afternoon home yeah, games yeah, in the yeah, back yeah. end it's, of the shop. Okay, you might be changing stops, your tune yeah. a little bit. I'll be uh, finding something else to do on a Sunday. So, what, what, what do you count as the difference here? Let's say if you if you're going to back in Frio, what do you think the difference is going to be? I, I mean. It's really hard to pick the form because Hawthorne are Hawthorne, Sydney are banged up, um, and Geelong are banged up as well. But the fact that Freo's reeled off three straight triple-figure scores eases concerns about can they kick a winning score? Mm. Have they found something with that forward mix? I think Tracy is giving them something. He's not kicking bags of goals, but he's giving them that presence. Um, so I think they've kind of found the combo there. And then obviously Fife, big X factor, looks like he's fit again. I think you can really make a case for them, certainly more than the $3.05 would suggest. Okay. Well, well, I think the super tight SCG maybe forced Freo to figure something out with their forward line spacing a little bit. Like they played, they had to play Tracy higher up the ground because they just, nothing was happening in there because mm-hmm. it was so congested. And then they did it pretty well last week at, at Optus as well. I'd be a little bit worried about May and Lever. So I wonder if Banfield goes to one a little bit like he did with Stuart. That dealt with Stuart. Stewart and Radicalia really well, but I think main lever might just be that extra notch mm. above. Yep. Now it's time for Highball Bets. Thanks to the Tab Touch app. Oh, still, we're still going no good. What are you oh, on, Oh, my gosh. I, last week I nailed the Freo 1 to 39 <laughs> and then throw in two extra little bits to spice up the multi. Brisbane by 10 plus tick, Sydney by 10 plus against North. They won by three. Good gravy. And I don't think um, it's an administrative so, so if anyone is still listening to these bets, please just fade. Just do the opposite of what I'm saying here. So I'm giving Freo a 30-point head start. So I'm giving them they can win or get within 30. Um, to go with Carlton, who I'm very reluctantly going back on the bandwagon for for Friday night against the banged-up Sydney. And I'm throwing in St Kilda as well to take care of Hawthorne. That's paying $3.40. Yeah, so I've stuck with lines as well. So Carlton... Um, Minus two and a half okay. points, not yep. goals. Yep. Um, yeah, Frio to get within 18 and a half points. Okay. Uh, and GWS, the line's like 40 and a half. Very GWS banged up, GWS versus Geelong. Geelong. Very banged up. Yeah, but that's Ge- the Cattery. It's in the Cattery, but Geelong are that banged up. Like, I don't think GWS is going to beat them, 
but I think they can get within 40 points. So I've added that in there. That's wrapped up to $6.86, and none of those are going to come in. No. So please, gamble responsibly (laughs) and gamble oppositely. That's the the advice. So that's Hardball Bet. has got the touch this AFL season. Choose Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Gamble responsibly and call Gambler's Help on 1-800-858-858. This has been the Hardball Gets AFL Show, proudly brought to you by the Mazda BT50 UDU. We'll see you next time. Thank you.